Welcome into the Atlanta Football Party. I'm Jarvis Davis. Coming up on today's show, what do you mean you didn't have them prepared? This is Locked On Sports Atlanta, and it's time for the Atlanta Football Party. Only on Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into the Atlanta Football Party, your home for the best Falcons Talk. It's local insight you can't get anywhere else but right here at Locked On. I am your host, Tanitra Batiste, and joining me are Jarvis Davis, Aaron Freeman, and Tori McElhaney. This episode is brought to you by PrizePix, the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Go to prizepix.com slash locked on NFL and use code all lowercase locked on NFL for first deposit match up to one hundred dollars. And of course, the Atlanta football party is part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Now, guys, I know I started off saying it was a football party, but I feel like it's more of a funeral. Because that 9-7 loss deaded me. It deaded a lot of folks. And it seemingly deaded the Falcons on some level. We'll deep dive into the deets of that game and talk about what's next for these Falcons as they figure out as well what's going to go on and what's likely for them in those final three games of the season. But first, let's go back. Let's take a step back and get your takeaways from yesterday. Jarvis, you said, why didn't you get them ready? Yeah, I thought it was kind of interesting. I was really interested to see what Arthur Smith was going to say after the game because a lot of times when you get to a point, this point of the season, and there are only so many things that you can say. So when – I actually was going through it and I watched it and I was just like, oh my gosh, this dude said, well, I didn't get them ready. Like, well, why? Like, you knew what the conditions were going to be. You knew who you had at your quarterback. And then I've even, you know, if you kind of really pay close attention to, you know, his play calling, you could tell that he doesn't trust his quarterback. Because anytime you, you're running the ball on third and seven, third and long, and, and you're in not in field goal position, like that is pretty a uh, pretty big indictment on on who you have under center and as far as your you have trust issues with the guys you have up under center so and i think that this is something that you know like you have this has to be evaluated like this part of the season has to be evaluated because we've gone through stages right because you start off two and oh and everybody was all excited and everything and and, and then you start going on got, went on a losing streak and then you went on a losing streak Right before before the uh before the bye week, had a three game losing streak and probably should have won all of those games, you know, to be honest, but quite frankly, then you get a divisional win uh, against the Saints coming off the bye, and and then now you just kind of then you got another divisional game with Tampa Bay, and then you lose that game, and it's just so it's just this roller coaster has just been so deep and, and like 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 the stock market, and and I, I'm starting to feel like. Desmond Ritter is the only isn't the only person that plays like that. I feel like Arthur Smith coaches like that. He coaches like we're on a roller coaster, and it's because he just seems like he's just so unsure of what he has on the field or what he who he has commanding his offense. It just seems like he just can't find a rhythm when it comes to you know getting putting points on the on the board. And that's actually a perfect segue into what Aaron said because when you think about rhythm. You really didn't see it, and that might yesterday, and that might be why you said, Aaron, that was weird. Yeah, rewatching the game this morning, it was a weird game because, like, there were just a lot of things watching the game. I'm like, why? Why is this 
happening, right? Like I, I know a lot of the Falcons offensive game plan was kind of geared around kind of masking their offensive line and the fact that they had three backups in and they were trying to do their best to prevent Brian Burns and Derek Brown from sort of wrecking their offense like they did in, in week That's one. Mr. Brown, Aaron. Mr. Brown. Oh, I'm sorry. Mr. Mr. Brown and Mr. Burns uh, <laughs> from wrecking their offense. And so I, I get some of the play calling choices that they had, but it was just like weird things that were happening in this game that I'm just sitting here going like, why, why did they do like, why, why were five out of Bijan seven carries in this game, all late down touches? Why wasn't he getting the ball on, on some of those early downs, you know, like with, you know, and again, maybe I, I'm the weirdo that's biased here, but we, we saw what Parker Hesse added to this run game the last couple of weeks. And why is Tucker Fisk getting elevated to do basically the same things that we saw Parker Hesse do uh, against the saints and in, in the jets and, and do those relatively well. Like I, I don't, I don't get those things. And so it was just an overall weird sort of game where the Falcons kind of, I think, played to try to win like a 10 to nine sort of football game. And I just don't think that's a a real reliable way of winning. Like, I understand why they played it that way, but that's just it's such a low bar to try to clear. And it just opens up them for what we saw on Sunday, which is if you just make one or two mistakes and and turn the ball over, as we saw in the second half, mm-hmm. like that's the one thing that basically will decide that margin for error. Yeah, it'll cost you. It, it will definitely cost you. And it almost felt like sort of like we talk about, Tori, you're playing not to lose mm-hmm. as opposed to you're playing to win. And yep. time and time again, we've seen playing not to lose is never the right formula for success. And speaking of success, Tori, like you said, maybe it's time to retire the word expectations. Yeah, I'm really tired of hearing that word at this point in time in the season just because the Falcons didn't reach the expectations that I think a lot of people, whether you're in Atlanta or in just like the national media looking at the National Football League, they did not meet the expectations that they set out to have at the beginning of this season. And I know I talked a lot last week about having to come to terms with the fact that the Falcons are not who I thought they would be at this point in the season. Mm-hmm. And now here we are a week removed to that, to a loss to a then one in 12 Carolina team. And it's just, it's almost kind of like at the point of like, what do you say? They are who they are. The issues that they've had have persisted from the start of this year until where we are now entering into week 16, I don't know what else there is to say about this team and where it's going and what it needs to do. Because at the end of the day, you're looking at a team that could possibly have a seven and 10 record for the third year in a row. If they go one and two to end the season over these next three weeks. So that's, it's, it's interesting because if this is, these past two years, considering the salary cap constraints of this team, you would have taken seven and 10. That would have been welcomed even that you're even in the conversation of an NFC t- South uh, title and you're, you know, getting cl- relatively close to 500. That is not where this team is in 2023. It's, it's the, the idea of this team being seven and 10 in this year is disappointing and it's frustrating. Yeah, and it it very well is because I think back to the beginning of the season and how after training camp, most of us were like, there's no way the Saints or the Bucks can give the Falcons any trouble getting the title, the division title, because 
you're looking at the star power. You're looking at all of that promise on both sides of the ball, even special teams because you have Young Waku. So you're looking at a team that seemingly was the most complete in the division and would have supposedly, Tori, been trending up, especially as those new teammates began to gel. Instead, the Falcons are trending down, and the two teams that we thought had no real chance to vie for this division are now in the thick of it, and they're the two that pretty much are controlling their own destiny. And now the Falcons find themselves in that setback situation of not being in control. Yeah, I mean, you're exactly right. And it's interesting, the fact that the fact of the matter is, is everybody today is talking about Baker Mayfield in a good way. And that is wild to me. Like, right. like so wild. I did not think that we were going to be December 18th and kind of the lead story of the NFC South is, wow, I can't believe what the, the Buccaneers have done with Baker Mayfield. Like, what? Who thought it? Who would have thunk it? What? Yeah. We had that conversation too. Like the four quarterbacks, remember? We started off talking about that. Like, okay, we've got Desmond Ritter. We've got Bryce Young. We've got Baker Mayfield and we've got Derek Carr. Based on what we've seen from Derek Carr and Baker Mayfield and knowing Bryce is a rookie, well, advantage Falcons, not so much Jarvis. Yeah, it's it's, it's weird because here's the thing, like, because Baker, like the Falcons, we always make the jokes. Like Falcons are the get right game for anybody coming in. And if you want to, <laughs> like, like Falcons have been the hospital for, for all, all you have been burdened and, all you know, bring all your troubles to the to Mercedes Benz Stadium, you know, or we can come to your stadium too and make it and make it all right. We can make it all get together. And it seemed like because Baker Mayfield had been awful coming into the game against the Falcons, he's been awful. And then now he has a, a solid game against the Falcons, you know. And, and then now <clears throat> they get the win last week, this week as well. And now they're on two game winning streak. And now, like like Tori mentioned. Everybody talking about, oh man, this oh Baker, he, he might be able to stick around. It's like, yeah, Bryce Young had been awful coming into this game, and now everybody's like, oh my God, Aaron mentioned it on the postcast. Oh, we have hope now. He's able to turn it on when it matters. It's like, man, that's the how Falcons have changed narratives for teams and players, and how they've made people get paid. Like, it's just, ooh, it's just. It, it is very frustrating, like yeah. like Tori mentioned. It's so frustrating that people can just come in here and just do whatever they want. The way that defensive line now, I, I admit, I, I I promise you, I understand. Like the, the there is a big drop off when you got three starters on your offensive line going down. But the way everybody was playing in the backfield, not just Mr. Brown and Mr. Burns, I'm talking about Thurman, the cat who came out of Houston. I'm just like, oh okay. Okay, your uh, your tear gross my toes, and he out here doggone baller too. I was like, where did this come from? Ain't nobody seen this before. Like now we're seeing it, and it, and it's because they're playing against the Falcons, yeah. and, and everybody get right against the Falcons. It's just a certain matchups, certain teams just say, you know what, we might get our behinds kicked every week. But when we play this black and red team, this Falcons team, we, we, we already know what time it is. We, yeah. we, we, we're not going to let them get us. We'll get let everybody else get us. They, they will not get us. Yeah, and that's the frustrating part because, again, we never thought that this was where we would be heading into week 16. Now, we'll talk about it more when we get back. We're going to deep dive into this Falcons and Panthers game.
All right, guys, this episode of our broadcast is brought to you by LinkedIn. You know, these days, every new potential hire can feel like a high stakes wager for small businesses. You want to be 100 percent certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available, that's where LinkedIn Jobs comes in. You can add your job and the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile, and that'll help you spread the word that you're hiring. Simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and who you'd like to hire. It's also why small businesses rank LinkedIn as their number one go-to in delivering quality hires versus the leading competitor. So LinkedIn jobs, again, it'll help you find the best candidates faster. You can post a job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on NFL. That's linkedin.com slash locked on NFL to post your job for free terms and conditions apply. All right, guys, first I want to go to you, Tori, because I know that you travel with the team and you had an opportunity to see up close and personal what the mood, what the tone was like in that locker room after the game. Take us through that. Yeah. So the word I would use is dejected. Um, it felt very, um, it was tough. It was, it was tough having those conversations. And I know I talked to like Caden Ellis for, for a little bit in the locker room and I, I started asking, I was like, what was Arthur Smith's message to you guys after this loss? And it was the word sting. They're like, this one stings, this one hurts, and it should sting and it should hurt because we expected, there's that word again, we expected to come in and win and we didn't do it. And there were, it, it, it was one of those things too, where you're also having conversations where Jake Matthews is being asked, you know, do you still believe in Arthur Smith? as the head coach, like those are conversations happening in one corner. You're talking to Kate and Ellis about how much this, this thing stings, this loss stings. And then in another one, you know, Calais Campbell is like trying to kind of rally the troops a little bit. So there's a lot of different things that are happening in this locker room, but the overwhelming sense was just like, this one is one that you, that you, you kind of hold on to a little bit longer because this is, you know, we talk about the loss to the Bucks, and that one stung that one, you know, but you still kind of felt like you had a fighting chance. It yeah. wasn't, but now it's like, here we are two losses in the division in eight days. And the way the Falcons felt prior to these eight, prior to these two losses and where they feel now, it is on polar opposite side on one end you think you feel good you have kind of destinies in in your hands and you can kind of do what you want to if you just win and now here you are on the other end kind of like we have an 11 percent chance to make the postseason and it's like the it, it's just it, it's crazy how in eight days time it goes from one extreme to the other yeah it, it really is and also just now, we never would have thought on a Monday going into week 16 that we would be talking about the possibility of a change under center. But when Arthur Smith spoke to the press story, no, he spoke, you were there as well. He said the starting quarterback decision is not final. He said that he just met with the quarterbacks. He's going to meet with them again once that press conference wrapped up. And it just made me think, Tori, two questions like, are we legit talking about another potential quarterback change going into week 16? And if we are, well, let's be honest, who do you think 
Arthur Smith should go with. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing is we are having this conversation. This is an this is something that I think is it's not worst case scenario because that sounds dramatic, but mm-hmm. considering the fact that, you know, they go to Taylor Heineke for two games, almost three, but you know, he was hurt in against Arizona. So you go to him and then you come back from the bye with the understanding that, okay, it's going to be Desmond Ritter for, uh, you know, for the rest of the way without, you know, barring any crazy things happening, losing to a one in 12 Panthers team is something crazy. So losing to them nine to seven is crazy. So for that reason, we've hit a point where it's like, that's the conversation again. And it has to be because there was a play that essentially altered the, the course of the game. And, it, I think it's it's to the point now where it's like, I know Arthur Smith said that you don't want to play musical chairs at the quarterback position. And so it's kind of like, what do you do? Like how how dire are the, are, is the state right now of that position? And I can't answer that. We can't answer that. Only the people in those rooms who are going to actually make that decision can answer that. And so – but yeah, we're having the conversation and it would not surprise me at all if in the next few days we get a name that's not Desmond Ritter. Yeah. And and I will say this too is that like the the decision is between Desmond Ritter and Taylor Heineke. It's yeah. either they're sticking with Des for the remainder of the year or they're going back to Taylor. There's no like or pulling yeah. somebody from the yeah. street, so to speak, off the couch like Joe. Exactly. There's none of that that's going to be happening, according to Arthur Smith, who talked at one o'clock today. Indeed. Indeed. And like Jarvis, like Tori said, we're here. Like, yeah. Should we be having the conversation? Probably not, because we were hoping we wouldn't be having a lot of this conversation we're having today. But we're here. And so now that we're here, you know, where does Arthur Smith potentially go? Like, what are some of the dynamics of the questions that he and his offensive coordinator and that offensive coaching staff, the questions they need to answer in order for them to decide how to move forward? Yeah, I, I've to be to be quite honest, um, they're screwed. Like, because this is the guy that you named the starter. This is the guy that you said didn't need any. Um, reps in the, in the preseason. This is the guy that you said you fell in love with at the Senior Bowl last year. And this is the guy that you put the stock in. You said that, hey, this guy can be QB1. Those were your words. Like, those came, those words came out of your mouth. Not like, hey, if he does this and does this and, you know, he can potentially be this. We didn't really necessarily really hear that. We came out, he came out and said, okay, this guy can be QB1, or this is the guy, and, and Taylor Heineke is the backup. And kind of Taylor Heineke kind of revealed that first, almost, you know, when he, when yeah, he came he in for his interview. You know what I'm saying? So people, because there's so many ways you could have played this, and I feel like it was the way it was handled and the way we found out that Desmond Ritter is the starter, and then it's almost kind of like, all right, the cat's out of the bag. We got to handle, we kind of just got to go with it from here on out. But to be here, with three games left, talking about we don't know who the quarterback is going to be, and going back to Taylor Heineken, we know what his limitations are as far as pushing the ball down the field. So that's not going to help your run game. That's not going to help your offensive line if they uh, if Caleb um, McGarry and Chris Lynch are missing another another game. People are going to load the box and dare you to throw the ball down the field. You talking about eight in the box? I'm talking about nine in the box. 
what you're going to do. And you're not going to be able to take advantage of it because guess what? You got one wide receiver in Drake London and then Van Jefferson, who you traded for early on in the season. Like, what has he done besides yeah. put on the Falcons uniform? Like, yeah. seriously. Like, seriously. I'm not trying to throw no shade or anything like that, but it's just so many factors, decisions that have been made in the past. All that stuff is coming, like, right down your, your toilet right now as we speak. And you got to try to figure that bad boy out. And to be honest with you, I don't know if he's going to be able to. Not in season. Yeah. And Aaron, you look at the sort of, I don't know, it's almost like six in one hand, half a dozen in the other, and neither of those eggs are anything but rotten. So, and when I say that, meaning like, I mean, it's just not a good decision. Like Arthur Smith has to make the decision on the lesser of two evils as the team tries to salvage the season. But you do have to make a decision. So what do you think are some of the factors that are going to kind of play into that decision-making for Arthur Smith as we await what will probably be a word that we'll get when uh, they return to practice on Wednesday? I don't know the answer to that, T, because I don't know, you know, I I wasn't really in favor of the decision to bench Ritter in the first place a couple of weeks ago. And to me, the the two games or the seven quarters you got of Taylor Heineke after you made that decision I saw a quarterback that wasn't really able to operate the offense, right? Like he, Heideke does some good things like, you know, using his legs and extending plays. And, you know, he, he made it a couple of nice throws across those three games, but f- for the most part, like their offense, like they were calling certain things and like Heideke was like, I'm not going to, I'm not going to throw that. And it's like, I don't, I don't see the upside of Taylor Heineke, but yet they, they, they stuck with Heineke for multiple weeks during that span when it was just like, what, what are we doing on offense? Like, we're not really running our offense. And so for that now, it's like I get with Ritter and that interception he threw against the Panthers, which is, you know, much more egregious than the turnovers that he had leading up to his benching the first time. So like it now is the, like then it was like we're benching him because Jeffrey Simmons stripped him. Like, that's that's what we're benching him for. Mm-hmm. and. Now it's like, oh, okay, now I get why we're benching him because he threw a terrible pass in this Panthers game. Um, but at the same time, like, I don't know, like, I don't see what you're getting from Taylor Heine- unless you're convinced that the seven quarters that we got earlier from Taylor Heineke, or, we're not going to get that again. Like, I don't see the point of going to Heineke. So for me, it's just kind of one of those things where it's like you either stick with Ritter and you just, you know, figure it out and hope yeah, maybe he gets better right. or you're just like, Hey, well, we don't really know what we have in Logan Woodside. So let, let's try that out for, you know, a week or two. And then maybe, maybe, maybe that's better. Okay. Again, good luck. They're, they're not in a great place. So right did now. I just, uh, so I said bad to worse. Maybe I, I'm not even sure what the next level is. Yeah. God, that's a tough decision and it'll be interesting and intriguing for us to hear Wednesday, how Arthur Smith made this, the decision on whichever quarterback he goes with. We'll talk a little bit more about what's next because we know there are still three games ahead of the Falcons and how are they going to manage through that final stretch of this season. So we'll talk about it on the other side in next up. 
This episode of the Atlanta Football Party is brought to you by Prize Picks. So Prize Picks, of course, is the largest daily fantasy sports platform in North America. We are the easiest and most exciting way to play DFS, daily fantasy sports. It's just you against the numbers instead of battling thousands of other players, including pros and sharks. You pick more than or less than on two to six player stat projections and watch the winnings roll in. So Prize Picks offers weekly promotions that can lead to big payouts like Taco Tuesday. Each Tuesday, Prize Picks discounts select player projections up to 25% to provide even more value. So if you want to check out Prize Picks and how you might be able to take advantage of some of the great things that they're offering, know where you can go? prizepicks.com slash locked on NFL and use code locked on NFL for a first deposit match up to $100. Again, that's prizepicks.com slash L O C K E D O N N F L all lowercase. It is highly encouraged for me that you check it out because this is daily fantasy sports made easy. All right, guys, three games to go, Aaron. Three games to go. Colts, Bears, Saints. Two of these three are on the road. So I kind of want to look at it, and I know you can take it game by game, but I kind of want to look at it as a composite because I feel like you could look at these three games as an audition for jobs in 2024 whether it's on the sidelines, on the field, in the front office, similar to kind of bringing Des Ritter out for those last four games last year so that you could get an evaluation and an idea of what he brings to the table. So is this where the Falcons can or or may go? Or do you feel like the thing Jarvis doesn't want me to say is something that the team can also focus on? <laughs> I'm leaving it with you, Bree. You can say it, I, mean, I don't want to make it seem like I'm some controlling uh, a work husband or something. Like, I don't wanna, <laughs> nobody think I'm crazy or anything. Sorry. <laughs> so he, I just won't so, say it. Yeah, the, 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 um, the mathematical thing. <laughs> I mean, to me, the answer, Arthur Blank's the only person that really has an answer to this question, right? Because it's like, if if you're comfortable with where this regime is at to the point that like, you feel like you can go to them and say, Hey, you're not coaching for your job these next three weeks, then, you know, then you can do whatever. Like if you want to get some young guys, some more reps or like you have a free hand basically. And if you're at a point where it's like these next three games are going to decide whether or not you have a job, you know, come mid January, like, now all of a sudden that kind of pushes like you have to try to win these games and that's going to lead to some of the choices you make. So I think ultimately this is an Arthur Blank decision for me. I guess I probably at least, you know, if I'm stepping into Arthur Blank shoes, right. You know, puffing on a cigar. I don't know if he smokes, but uh, I just uh, assume every billionaire. Yeah. You know, got my $10,000 suit on and all that stuff. So I'm pretending to be Arthur Blank for a second. I'm, in the mindset of you're coaching for your job now. So let's, let's try to win these games. Let's see you do something against good teams that you couldn't do against the Panthers, which is actually, you know, beat them and all that stuff. So that's how I kind of approach it. Yeah. And Jarvis, what do you think? Because I, you know, it, it depends because we even brought this up on the postcast and how you can't, you can look at all three phases. And in this instance, all three phases mean, meaning on 
the sidelines, in the front office, or on the field, and whether or not some of those individuals are indeed auditioning for remaining in Flowery Branch in 2024. So I kind of feel like, yeah, it's a little bit of, you're still technically fighting for your playoff life. So you're going to play well, not saying that, you know, they should throw in the towel, but it almost feels like too, there's a little bit more pressure, not just that pressure of mathematically, you're still in it, but also evaluation wise, you're still needing to play at a higher level. Yeah, I, I think it's a, it's a few levels to it because just from a player standpoint, you're not going to put no bad tape out there. So your behind better go out there and play. Like you need to play like you're trying to get into that stuff in that that goes on after the season is over with. But just from a coaching standpoint, you got to have that mindset that I know I won't, I would like for them to say, you know, feel that they're coaching for their job, but like when when you put that type of pressure on yourself, like you're not going to make good decisions and and to be quite honest, Arthur Smith hasn't had that pressure. Like we haven't heard, we got the report, you know, from ESPN talking about, hey, the job is safe and unless everything falls off the rails. Well, this is a good start to falling off the rails. So and you weren't able to make good decisions in those in these games, I believe, in my opinion. So why put the pressure on yourself to say, oh man, I'm coaching for my job now. I'm I'm about to go out here and make the best decisions ever. No, no, that doesn't necessarily work like that. So I think that Arthur Smith needs to keep the level head. But I know for me, as I watch these games, yeah, he needs to be, he's coaching for his job, I feel. But from an Arthur Blank standpoint, as far as Aaron, how Aaron pointed out, I really don't feel like Arthur Blank is going to I don't feel like he's going into that mode right now. I don't feel like he's in that mode. I feel like he's always, I feel like he's always been, okay, do the guys in the locker room believe in him? And that's, and he starts and he kind of works his way from, from there. And I feel like for the most part, you know, the guys still believe in, in, in Coach Smith. They still believe that the preparation is right. They still believe that everything is, you know, on the up and up. And hey, they just got to figure out how to uh, close out games. Yeah. So I think right now, yeah, this is these these next few games are going to be interesting because I feel like before they even lost this game, I felt like the Colts is that's going to be a tough one for them yeah. to win. Yeah, that's a tough <laughs> because tough. Gardner Minshew is a, a mobile quarterback. He, he he know how to extend plays, and we know that hey, you don't have a real closer to to sack the quarterback like that. I feel like there are three games: Minnesota, Arizona, and Tampa Bay. And shoot, I'll throw Carolina there as well. If you got somebody that can finish and, and, and sack the quarterback on, on particular plays, those are that's four wins. <laughs> that's four wins. If you have somebody that you know is going to put the quarterback on the ground and they, they just weren't able to do that. So I, I really feel like this is going to be very interesting going down the stretch. And, and Arthur Smith is, is not necessarily put too much pressure on himself. But yeah, man, you need to get it done. I'll say this really, really quickly before we sign off. But like when we're asking the question of like, do, is there an audition? What, what are these guys auditioning for? Like, what are these coaches auditioning for? Like you have the job. It's to me, it's not an audition anymore. Like to me, it's go out there and perform. We're 16 weeks into this thing. We know kind of who these people are and what they're doing and what their pain points are. So how do you fix those things? And is it fixable within a three game time period? Like that to me is the question is, do you think this is fixable? If you think this is fixable, then you go into the off season with that in mind that it's fixable. If you don't, something else has got to give. Yeah. And you may not be able to 
and should not maybe do it in the three week stretch of time. It's probably going to have to be, you know, the whole body of work for the season right. because it, yeah, it won't be, you know, just those three games. It's, it's going to be the entirety of the 17 weeks, but I think and audition might not have been, you know, the right word, but I think it's more of just understanding that the microscope is even closer on what it is that you're doing day to day because we're coming, we're having the same conversation on repeat virtually this entire season. So, you know, where does that take you? And it could take you to the obvious, which is no, you are legit one player away and you're legit one player away on offense because on defense is more about you being decimated by injury because you got the right pieces there in the off season. So what do you do? And you've got some good pieces on the offensive side. It just might be that one piece. But I think too, one thing I do like about and respect about Arthur Blank is unlike a lot of these owners out there, he is a, a patient man, if you will, like he's, he's measured. So he's going to evaluate this all the way down to, you know, the minutia to determine if this is a situation, regardless of how it ends, but he's already, he's already evaluating my opinion. And I don't think he's going to rush to judgment and necessarily go, yep, that's it. We're done here because, but I also don't think now, let me, let me preface, let me uh, wrap up by saying this. I also don't think we're going to do the Dan Quinn thing where he was here a season and a half too long. I don't think that's going to happen because that would be growth. Yeah. That would be growth. Yeah. And I do, I do believe that's where Arthur Blank is. I don't think he's going to make a rush judgment, but I also don't think he's going to rest on his laurels and give as much grace as he did. Plus of course you earn grace a lot of the time when you at least get a team to the Super Bowl. Let me add this one little piece. Dan Quinn earned grace. He went to a Super Bowl. Yeah. That's what I just said. Yep. That's exactly yep, what it yeah, said. Yeah. So yeah. Like, what do we? Why this dude has such a long rope? I'm sorry. Right. Yeah. Right. And the only the only reason I say I think that there's just a little bit more rope there is because unlike some of these owners, Arthur Blank is more measured in what he does. So while he's not going to let you know, I don't think he'll let somebody hang around as long as Dan Quinn did. But I also don't think he's going to rush to judgment and just say like, yeah, we're done here. This isn't working. Thanks for for your service. I think it's going to be more measured. And I think we're going to hear in all likelihood a little bit about that measurement because Arthur Blank hears the the, the commentary. He knows that people are out here wondering if he's going to um, make a change at coach. So I feel like we're going to get a word sooner rather than later about kind of where we are, where they are as a team. But we will see. We will definitely see how it all plays out because, whoa, Sunday is probably more important than we ever thought it was going to be for reasons that we never thought it would be important. Thanks guys so much for stopping by the Atlanta football party. Don't forget to like and subscribe our page on YouTube and don't forget to come back tomorrow when we continue the party.